Let's turn to Matthew. Matthew 24. <coughs> we could have been on a different subject when Brother Reese arrived, but <laughs> this is the chapter we're in tonight. <laughs> chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse. <coughs> and uh, we skipped verse 37 to 39 of chapter 23. We're doing that in the morning service in a few weeks' time. So, <coughs> not that we don't... Um, I appreciate what it says. It leads into what we're going to say tonight. <clears throat> but it is something we'll minister in the morning service. Chapter 24, verses 1, and we'll read to verse 14. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show, show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be here left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the age or world? <clears throat> Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall, ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many, and, become, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the revelation of things to come that we have here before us tonight. And we could even say today things that shall shortly come. Lord, we <clears throat> do see things happening and rejoice that we live today and can see these things and appreciate the word that tells us what's going on. Lord, I pray this we do face and combat the rise of false prophets and isms of all sorts and shapes. Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that you would found us in your word, that we would not be soon shaken, that we would not be troubled, that we would know what the word says and hold to it. Lord, there are so many strange things getting around today. Let's stick to the word. Give us that strength to do so. May your spirit minister to us. And may we minister to those who are without the church, that are unsaved and know there's something going on. And that they may seek an answer from those that know the truth. And may they receive that from those that are wise-hearted, know the word, and can give them the truth of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Bless the word as it's given tonight, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Why is it called the Olivet Discourse? I think we mentioned it this morning. It was on the Mount of Olives. <laughs> the king was rejected, the cross loomed, and the Lord gave a general tenor of the church age, which was about to begin. 
This is where we're at in this portion of scripture. So basically they've turned against him. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, back in the other uh, chapter, the chapter before this, your house is left to you desolate. You will not see me henceforth till you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And so the king was rejected. His offer of being the king of Israel was spurned. And so the cross loomed. Um, the church age was coming, about to begin. And here he told them of end time events that would accompany his coming again. So prophecy, or prophecy from Old Testament and New Testament were woven together with only the ability that God could have because of his foreknowledge of the events of the future in this section of scripture. The Lord's public ministry was inserted between two sermons. If we think of the Gospel of Matthew, there's a sermon that was given on the, the Mount, chapter 5 and 7. The Beatitudes were given in them, in that sermon. And this was considered practical teaching for living in this age and in the age to come, particularly in the kingdom. And then you have this sermon at the other end of the Gospel of Matthew, the Olivet Discourse, which was not so much practical as prophetical. It dealt with prophetical matters. One emphasized the rules, rules of the kingdom, and you, you read through there the, the Beatitudes, and we've studied that many moons ago. The other didn't emphasize the rules of the kingdom, but the return of the king. One was preceded by the baptism of the Lord, this one that we look at here, followed by his burial, his rejection. Chapter 24 tells us of the prophecies of the tribulation. Chapter 25 tells us of the parables of the tribulation as we look at those parables in a time to come, Lord willing. Chapter 24 deals with God's judicial dealings with mankind. Chapter 25 deals with God's judgment and judgmental dealings with mankind. And both are concerned with the last days and their effect upon the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. And uh, it's a good verse probably to underline and mark out in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 32. There are those three distinct people groups, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. Some scratch the Jew out and say he, they don't any longer exist but they do, and that's in 1 Corinthians 10.32. So we get to look at the outline there. We start with this, the prediction of the temple's destruction. <clears throat> Verse 1, we have the impressionable disciples. So you follow on there and the outlines there, and there's other things that go under those, those subheadings there. But the impressionable disciples... <clears throat> Do you think the Lord needed the disciples to point out how magnificent the temple was according to them? Huh. No, he didn't. Do you think the Lord was impressed by the temple? No. Why do you think that? Who built the temple? Who was attributed the uh, Herod? What did the Lord call him? <laughs> that old fox. <laughs> So I don't know that the Lord was that impressed by man's building. He knew that old fox had built it. He knew that it was the pride of man that had been invested into that. 
And so the Lord was not impressed. What impresses us? Man's feeble, failing efforts and endeavours? Or grand scale of the Lord's design? When I go into the, the city, and I don't go there often, I'm glad to get out. There's big, tall buildings, lots of glass, lots of architect, lots of design. It's impressive what they've done. But so what? What's God going to do with all of that? What does the Bible say? Well, in Revelation 16:9 it says, And all the cities fell flat. That's what's going to happen to all the grand designs of man. And in 2 Peter 3.10, you're going to burn it all up. Let's be impressed with what the Lord has. Let's get our eyes off what we see down here. And the disciples were enamored by this building. It was impressive according to man. But let's be impressed with what, with what God is doing. What God is building. Let's be impressed with the building called the New Jerusalem. Let's be anticipating that and not this down here. So what's impressing us? Well, these disciples were impressed with this and said, look, 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 Lord, look at this. Aren't you impressed? <laughs> they didn't know the heart of the Lord still, did they? Of what the Lord was impressed. And, and folks with buildings and things like that, if it's a church, let's be impressed with its functionality, if, you could, if that's, is that's a word, isn't it? How it works, how it meets the needs of the congregation, not with the architectural structure of it. And <clears throat> I know we talked to some builders, the builders that actually did a bit of a plan for us, uh, the Jacobs fellas. And uh, they're, they're older men, they're in their 70s, late 60s, the two brothers. <clears throat> and uh, they design and, and they build. But they, they talked about architects that design. And they said, impossible to build. <laughs> but it adds so much to it when they add all these angles to it. Have you seen the new cancer place at the hospital down there? This tilts this way and tilts that way and leans this way. And you think it's structurally... They've had to make it sound, but they've, it's cost a lot to get it like, looking like that. Here, yes, the Lord was not impressed. The impressionable disciples, the impacting statement of verse 2. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be here left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's what the Lord said would happen to this structure. Total destruction. And the evidence is still there that every stone has been thrown down. The only thing that wasn't thrown down was the mount, the temple mount. But what, what are they trying to find now? Where to build the temple? Where was it? You see, that's what they're, they're looking at and for now. It was so decimated and so scraped clean. And you can see where the rocks have been thrown over the edge and hit the pavement down just south of the Wailing Wall. Uh, Brother Rhys, you've seen all those big pile of rocks that were probably part of the temple, and they're not just little, not just little bricks, they're big, they're big stones squared off and hit the pavement and rammed in through the pavement and dinted it or pushed it in. They're still piled up there. And that's what the Lord said would happen. <clears throat> Only six years after the completion of this Herod's temple, 
in 70 AD. It was completed in 64 AD. It was destroyed. The Lord's prophecy came true. Titus, General Titus, that was the leader of the army to destroy it, he issued an order not to destroy the temple. But the Lord had issued a previous order. <laughs> it shall be destroyed. Whose order won? <laughs> Why did the, uh, the army of Titus do that? What were they looking for? They burnt the temple, melted the gold. So what did they have to do to the bricks? Pull them apart. I mean, not the bricks. The big, the big stones. Pull them apart to get everything out of there. That they, wanted, they wanted the treasure. Uh, and so the Lord's prophecy came true. So it was an impacting statement. Imagine what the disciples felt about this. They just made a statement. The Lord made another statement and they felt, what? <laughs> Is this really going to happen? They were so impressed with something that was going to be destroyed so soon. And it was, well, it was a few years, give them that, 35 or so, a little bit more than that years later, it was destroyed. God is patient, isn't he? Even in dealing his judgments. Now, <clears throat> the inquisitive disciples then had a question. Well, okay, if this is going to be so, they said in verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, you see they were near, it, apparently they were pretty close to the temple when they, uh, verse 1 and 2, and then they came over to the Mount of Olives on the other side. And yes, you could, you could see the temple. You can see the Mosque of Omer if you stand on the Mount of Olives, of course. But it would be more impressive close up. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us when these shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? <laughs> question a lot of people probably asked. <laughs> the Lord answered the second question first. What shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the age? And this is what chapter 24 and 25 of Matthew is about. The Lord answered this, the first question last, when shall these things be? And that's found in Luke chapter 21, verse 20 to 24. Let's turn there and just read that little bit in Luke 21, 20 to 24. <clears throat> When ye shall see Jerusalem, this is Luke twenty-one twenty. When ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that its destruction is nigh. Then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them who are in the midst of it depart, and let them not that are in the countries enter into it. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck, in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The answer to the first part of the question back in Matthew, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came and said, Tell us when these things shall be. When shall this temple be destroyed? When will, it be, when will this be wiped out? 
And then that answer is simple. The other answer to the second part of the question is more complex, as the Lord dealt with it in chapter 24 and 25. Now, the prophecies of the tribulation delineated. And so we've gone from looking at the temple and its uh, destruction predicted to the prophecies of the tribulation delineated here. We find in verses 4 through to 14 of chapter 24, the Gentile nations mentioned. So Matthew deals with the tribulation and how it will affect the Gentile nations. And the Jews are involved in that too. (laughs) But basically 4 and 14, or through to 14, the tribulation and the terror to the end. The Jews in 15 to 31, the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble dealt with, and the church 32 to 51. It's not named, but it's implied. The church will be caught up prior to the tribulation, won't be affected by it, by the tribulation, but the Lord delivers us here from the hour of temptation. And praise him for that, that tries the whole world. And this order is the same way as it is in history. Some, someone put it like this. The first 2,000 years, Adam to Abraham, the Lord was dealing with the nations, as it were. Not complete nations before the flood. But the next 2,000 years, Abraham to Christ, dealing with the Jews. The next 2,000 years up till now is dealing with the church. When you think of those three people groups, we've mentioned them twice now, haven't we? So this sermon is called the Olivet Discourse and draws many prophetical teachings to a conclusion. It's like the book of Revelation, drawing a lot to conclusion, especially in the last chapters of the book of Revelation. And so this is topical in nature. The attempted deception deception of the world, verses 4 to 14. Let's move to that verse. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear wars and rumors of wars. And so we have the problems of that time, verses 4 to 8. We could say in these first few verses, there's the apostasy. There's national disasters. There's deceptive creeds, as in verses 4 and 5. Remember, he's answering the second question first. What shall be the sign of thy coming of the end of the age? There'll be the rise of cults. There'll be the rise of isms. There'll be the rise of false doctrine. Even as the epistles have said so, if you've read them, many will be led astray. Many will fall for it. And it's sad, isn't it, today? And it's getting more difficult to pastor churches constantly because there's so many false things coming you can spend all your time answering and looking through scripture for a whole day to answer somebody's question about something and then they leave the church it it's frustrating (laughs) praise god for those that hear and heed the warnings of scripture and straight stay true to the truth now let's look at a few of these. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We mightn't move far from here, but some of the isms, the cults, and the things that are invading the church of the Lord. Second Thessalonians two, verse two and three. (coughs) 
that ye be not, he's talking to the Thessalonians, he's saying, don't be soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us. It seems one had been sent out as the day of Christ is at hand. They were being deceived back then. <laughs> this is the early church. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day? The day of the Lord, the day of judgment, beginning with the tribulation. And that day shall not come except there come the falling, a, a falling away first, and that that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. And I don't believe we're going to see him. I remember in times past where people have tried to identify the Antichrist and probably still do. I haven't read them much lately. And we're, we're not looking for the Antichrist, are we? <laughs> we're looking for the Christ. <laughs> we're listening and waiting for the trumpet to sound that we might be taken to be with him. And this one opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Hey, he's always wanted to do that. Didn't he do that right back in, in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28? There where he tried to exalt his throne above the throne of God, where he tried to take over the throne of God, actually, as we looked at this morning. So there's this Antichrist, as it is in 1 John mentioned, behavior and people arising and trying to deceive the people of God. Verse 9 to 11 of the same chapter in 2 Thessalonians even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved signs and lying wonders that's happened in churches everywhere around the world has it not that's what they call themselves not what we call them and so they've, they've taken it upon themselves. Maybe they should have read this before they called themselves that. <laughs> Signs and wonders movement. <laughs> and so that's what the Lord said would come and is coming. It's almost like we can say it's, it's leading to that point it has come. <laughs> Don't be hoodwinked. Signs, lying wonders, deceivableness, unrighteousness, strong delusion. As it said in verse 11 of the same chapter this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie now my my view of this truth that is given here is that if a person in the later church days before the rapture an unsaved person is spoken to by the Holy Spirit has heard the word of God and God convicts them about their sin of righteousness of judgment to come and they say no then I believe they fall in this category here. They believe the lie. But if a person, because a lot of people have talked to me and, and, and talked about their, their children who have heard the truth but haven't responded. If they have heard and it's gone right over their head, if the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted them of sin, righteousness of ju and judgment, I believe they may have the opportunity to be saved afterward. Now, I'm not trying to excuse them for not hearing the truth and receiving the truth, but it seems that those people that were particularly spoken to, I believe it's sort of speaking of Hebrews chapter 6, where they heard, they tasted the good word of God, they saw things come, 
And they said no. And folks, you know some folks like that. I know folks like that that have really been striven by the Holy Spirit. He, he's, you know, they've, they've held on and said no, no, no. My pride won't let me believe. My friends, my, I have to give up all my friends. In this, and hey, huh, you've got a lot more friends if you become a Christian. You've got a lot of friends in the church, haven't we? That uh, we can call brothers and sisters in the family of the Lord. Uh, why not give up those that don't really love you anyway? <laughs> They'd love you to go to destruction. So the problems of this time is apostasy and national disasters. And we're looking just at the apostasy there. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy 4 and verses 1 to 3. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, what will happen? Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hey, if it tells us in the Bible it's going to happen, let's open our eyes and say, where? <laughs> Who? Be careful. Uh, walk circumspectly. Because these things are said to come. They're coming. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. Forbidding to marry. Uh, forbidding to eat meat. Who does that sound like? Catholic. Mm, Roman Catholic. And uh, giving over to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. <clears throat> As we're passing the tracks around, I haven't got... Well, I can't say we're going to get phone calls because... Harold, I hope are probably going to get the phone calls from the tracks that have been passed around because it's got their address on. We're putting ours on the last one in the fifth of the ones that we're, we're distributing. And um, but there, there is a lot of Catholics around Lavington here, isn't there? There's a big church up just over here in Prune Street. You hear probably bells in the morning if you live over that way. Ask Brother Frank Curry. He used to live over the road from it. And, and the busy, but one just down the road here, there's got crowds of people at it. But they have been deceived, and you think, why do they go there? Why do they keep going week after week? What is keeping them under that system that's lies? Their soul is going to eternal condemnation. And they think they're going to work their way to heaven, and they're not going to get to heaven. They'll say, Lord, Lord, have we not? done this and that and <clears throat> you know it appeals to man doesn't it to be able to work your way to heaven but God has said no man is going to get to heaven by his own good works depart from me ye workers of iniquity said the Lord let's go to another portion 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and, <clears throat> and notice in these portions that we're looking at it's last days, latter times. It's, this is what it's mentioning in these portions of Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Know this also that in the, what's the word? Last days. Perilous times shall come. And then it gives a list right down, a list right down to verse 9 of the things that will happen. But the, the, the top one here is men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's the thing for our day, isn't it? Lover of yourself. Promote yourself. You write a... Uh, uh, what's that thing you give when you go for a job? That see, see? Resume. They say boast about yourself. Talk about yourself. How good you are. How wonderful you can work. 
you'll get the job. Well, that's, that shouldn't be in the Christian. That shouldn't be what we're doing. We're humbling ourselves under the hand of God. We're willing to submit to those that are in leadership. Wouldn't a boss rather hear to say that whatever you want to do, I'll do? I mean, you know, within moral reason, of course. I will be obedient and follow, you know, I'm not so good that I'm going to throw you out of your job. I, if I was a boss, I would, if I was, I was employing someone. But lovers of their own selves, and that's within churches too. The self-love thing. Yeah, they say, love yourself even as your wife. And they say, see, there's a command. No, taken right out of context at in Ephesians, it's not love yourself, <laughs> And that you, you will naturally love yourself is what it's saying there. You don't have to be promoted or argued or talked into it. And so men shall be lovers of their own selves. And you go through every one and talk about each one. Covetous, boasters. Look, look at the covetousness of men. When companies used to make a million dollars, they were a good company. Now they have to make a billion and soon it'll be a trillion. Unless people won't get behind and won't buy their shares unless they're making heaps. It all goes back to covetousness. Why are the bills going up? Why are all these things happening? Because of greed and covetousness. Hey, we live in a greedy day, in a day of greed. And the book of James, let's go there next. And this talks about the greedy ones. <laughs> These are the false prophets. These are the problems that are coming of that, in that time. National disasters and deceptive creeds that come under this apostasy. Chapter 5 of James and verses 1 through to 8. Go to now, ye rich men, and weep and howl for the misery that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, and your gold and silver are cankered. And the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasures together for when? The last days. The last days. It will eat them as it says here, it will not profit them. Hey, when the tribulation strikes and the judgments start to fall and the cities fall and all the things of the prosperity people, those in business, has gone down the tube, then what? <laughs> then who will they turn to? In the last days, these things will come to pass. This is told to us over and over again. Go to Second Peter. Oh, we're going... Yeah, back a bit further, Second Peter chapter 3. And this is only about a third of the ones that talks about these isms and these apostates, these deceptive people coming from the New Testament. Chapter 3, verses 2 to 9 of Second Peter. That ye be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles, knowing and of the Lord and Saviour, knowing this first there shall come in the last days coffers walking after their own lust. What are the evolutionists saying? There was no flood. Noah's flood didn't happen. And what did we hear the other day? How many humans have they found that have been fossilised? 30,000. Have you ever seen one in a museum? Do you, do you read about the evolutionists writing about them? No. Because they weren't supposed to be around buried with dinosaurs. <laughs> they weren't there, they say, but they 
are, and they're deliberately lying. And they say, where is the promise of his coming? You people, you Christians talk about Jesus coming again. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued. You know, day and night, year after year rolls on, nothing's happening. Where is this God you're talking about? This they are willingly ignorant of. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. They, they are ignorant of the truth of the flood that has happened. Yet they're digging it up all the time. That anywhere, as I said this morning, in the world you dig, you find it. You find the evidence of the flood. <clears throat> Even in areas you'd think you'd be more stable. No, there is plenty of coal to dig still, isn't there? <laughs> if they let us. <laughs> Have you heard? I just heard this week. I think it was Andrew Bolt made a comment. He makes some. He makes some comments that makes makes people very upset. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> why are we going about trying to develop a system that costs us so much? When the Lord said He's coming again when he's going to return his people to the land over in Israel after the tribulation, what sort of things, how is he going to return them? Is he going to say, zap, you're over there? No, it does read that they'll come like doves to the windows and they'll come on the ships, the ships, fuel-driven ships in the beginning of the millennium to the Middle East. So I've got a, a bit of an inkling they might still be using fuel, <laughs> diesel, and I don't know about the coal. But anyway, I didn't go on about Bolt. We won't go on about him. <laughs> but he's interesting to listen to. <laughs> and you sort of get encouraged that somebody at least is speaking out <laughs> and telling, telling it like it is and showing the lies for what they are. <clears throat> the le That's right, the lefty lunacy. <laughs> you think, well, yep. Someone needs to say something. They're selling our country out. They, they have, he has said that they want to bring, take us, what is it, $40 billion and give it to the, if we sign this thing, give it to the third world to lift their standard up and to drag our standard down, to make us all the same. That's, that's not rewarding people that diligently work hard, is it? Uh, Yes, let's be aware of all these things, these deceptive things that are happening around the world. We'll move on. There's another one in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 18, that talk about the last times. Back to Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> Many shall come in my name. I oh, know. Take heed that no man deceive you. <laughs> and then verse 5. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Have you heard of these fellows off the beam who say they are the Christ? You have them rising up now and then. You have even the Orthodox Jews thinking that the Messiah has come and they've named him, but he's died. He's, he's gone. Well, are you going to still believe him? And some still cling and cleave to these fellows that do that or declare that. <clears throat> and all this will come to a head under the Antichrist. Massive worldwide deception. So there's not only deceptive creeds, but dreadful conflicts that come in verse 6. And ye shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
And nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. <laughs> Dreadful conflicts. The Lord first spoke of the endless conflicts of the age in verse 6. There was Rome and its murderous emperors. There's been the Roman Catholic Church for a thousand years bringing the dark ages upon the world. The Crusades against the Muslims and the Muslims against the Crusaders. Christians murdered in the multitudes. The church has been built upon the blood of the saints, hasn't it? And so it is that this, all these things will happen and continue to happen, but the end is not yet. And we read of like the, in the Fox's Book of Masters, Martyrs and, and other books, and today even, where Christians are being murdered for their faith. Was it not just this week? I read somewhere, I think I mentioned it on Wednesday night, that the Chinese are cracking down, aren't they? They're going, the, the communists are going anything on the outside of a building that looks like Christian crosses or anything like that, get rid of it. And now on the inside of the building, they've gone inside and said, take all this stuff out and hang the flag, the Chinese flag up here and a picture of their whoever who is running the country. You know, and if you don't, you're in trouble. Trying to take the leaders of Christian groups, underground churches in and <clears throat> murder. These are going on and have been going on. The end is not yet. Then it said in verse 7 and 8, there'll be national not only national disasters, but natural disasters that come. Nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that has happened, hasn't it? Worldwide war. Where we read that? Just recent history, isn't it? World War I, World War II, kingdom against kingdom. See, prior to that, they didn't have the ability, but now we do, just to move things into place. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. These are the national, natural, not the national. There's national disasters and then there's natural disasters. And pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. These are the beginning of sorrows. <clears throat> famines, pestilences. How long would it take for this to start really getting to bite us in the world? Not long. Look at Australia now. They had downgraded the crop to 12, 12%. Now they've downgraded it to 60%. And I think they'd have to go down a little bit further too for the amount of crop that comes in. And the world relies on grain-producing countries like Australia and other countries that are suffering drought right now because the food stocks are very short supply. There's not a whole lot of them. And uh, I, know, I know someone that last year put a big silo up and put it all in the silo. They put 500 tonnes in, it's a 1,200 tonne silo. And then it rained. Remember last year, just the start of the crop? It rained. Chris, were you there doing it or did you get all yours in? He didn't. <laughs> But then they got the rest of the, the downgraded crop and dumped it on top in the big silo. But they didn't sell it, they kept it. So what's happening now? The prices have more than doubled and they're buying it all as top grade. 
to grind it up because there's not going to be enough wheat for the sales, the fulfilling the sales that they've committed themselves to. But how quickly could the world run out, run out of food? Very quickly. Famines in diverse places. And we've got mechanisation in our country and other countries have got it. Uh, you know, we, we, I'm going to say we could be pretty proud. It's just 60 k's up the, 50 k's up the road at Henty that uh, that's where they invented the header. <laughs> and that thing has fed the world, been a, a tool that's been able to be used by man. And if you want to go and see the, the things run, I think it's around Christmas times, Christmas or harvest time that they have it. Maybe not this year. Nothing to harvest. But they have the old horse-drawn ones and that. You can go see the vintage ones. But these natural disasters, new diseases are popping up. Ebola, flesh-eating bacteria, AIDS, result of lifestyle. And meningococcal, did you hear this week? Is it that one where the sores come up all over you and kill you? They're going to give. They want. They're offering vaccinations for that because last year, 26 people in Australia died from that. Now it's a horrible-looking disease that just takes over and and comes quickly. These things are increasing, and when you think of the superbugs, if they take you to a hospital now and do an operation, what do they do? They want to get you out quick, so that you don't get one of the bugs that are in the hospital. And. Uh, it's, you, you, you don't want to listen to that if you're going to have an operation. <laughs> get in there and get out. But uh, I, I know when they did my heart, they, they said afterward there was, a, there was a bug in the hospital. But it was in the public, Saint, what was I in? St. Vincent. Vincent's. Not in the private one that I was in. I was on the sixth floor, but the bugs might all go up. I don't know. <laughs> you're just glad to get out of it. Why? Well, there's the increase of these things that are going to come that they're not going to be able to get on top of. Man's pride thinks he can do it all, but not so. <laughs> these judgments fall, and the, one of the natural disasters there, and earthquakes in diverse places. We're going to have to finish our time's run out. <laughs> but earthquakes, what was the latest one? Indonesia, just was it yesterday or the day before? 380 people. That's the official thing right now, but I think there'll be a lot more because a tsunami come after it in Indonesia. And these things are increasing. And if you want to see, it's all there on the internet. Google it up, earthquakes, what's happening now? And you can find all these things occurring. They're increasing, they're, it's coming, and Christians, we're, we're looking up, are we not? We're looking up. Don't get involved in the apostasy. Steer well clear of it. I was taught as a young, at, at a young age to watch out for those that teach heresy, false doctrine. And it's, it's put me in good stead for time to come. You know, John Rice, Willie Mullen, Ian Paisley from, from Ireland. <laughs> and uh, others, I think, that have gone off the track. Bob Harrington. Do you ever hear Bob Harrington? Anyone hear, hear Bob Harrington? insurance agent that got saved I don't know if he really did because he went off the rails he went charismatic but he'd walk into the church after he got saved no before he got saved and he'd wait till the church started and there was quite time between hymns and he'd walk all the way down the front with n nailed boots bang 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 and then sit down did you notice me 
and then he'd try and sell insurance afterward. <laughs> but then he professed to become a Christian. I don't, think, I don't know if it was for true or real, but we used to get those reel-to-reel tapes and hear these preachers, Bob Gray, and all those guys preaching the word of the Lord in our home. <laughs> and they were warning about these things back then. But it puts you in good stead as you read the word of God to say, beware, look out, and judge the situation with righteous judgment. Don't be dragged into this sort of thing. And you say it doesn't happen in, in independent Baptist churches. It has happened. And Pastor McConnell, you know, down here in Victoria, we've had that struggle. We've had that struggle in our camp. We've had the struggle within the churches to say no to what is false. No to something that's leading that way even because it leads onto a slippery slope down the tube to apostasy. Let's not go slightly toward the liberal. Let's stay true to the word of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the warnings of just these few verses. Natural disasters that we find here, Lord, the nasty things that are going on and coming around. National disasters on a worldwide scale that are happening have happened and are going to happen. But our hope is in the Lord Jesus. Lord, bless as we go away. Bless those that are travelling to fellowship in Melbourne. Lord, we do pray for the preachers that will be there too, that you would undergird them and fill them with your spirit and your word, empowered to preach. Bless those that attend and are built up in their most holy faith. And bless us as we go out into the community this week and work and labour and stand as a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.